0: Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb.
1: Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, now for the next few moments, I desperately need your help to say what you would have me to say. Lord, I don't take preaching lightly. And I'm asking you to anoint me, God, with your anointing. Lord, I pray, Father, that whatever's going on in the lives of the people that are here today, God, your people, Lord, that they would be able to focus on the word being preached this morning, that they would open up their hearts and their minds and receive it today. And Lord, let them know this morning that, God, what concerns them concerns you, God. Father, we believe something special can happen today as Your Word goes forth. Lord, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Nehemiah chapter 6. This has been the Scripture and the text that has followed us all through this month, and I want to take another look at it. Uh, Chapter 6, verse 1 of Nehemiah. When Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall, no gap was left in it. Though at the time I had not installed the doors and the city gates, Sandballad and Geshem sent me a message. They said, come, let's meet together in the villages of the Ono Valley. They were planning to harm me. So I sent messengers to them saying, I'm doing an important work. and cannot come down. Why should the work cease? while I leave it and go down to you. And this morning, we're talking about kingdom building. We are kingdom builders. We are called to build the kingdom of God this morning. That, that's what you're called to do. You say, well, I, I feel like I'm called to be a mom or a dad. Well, that's building the kingdom. You've got people. You see, the kingdom is not mortar or brick or, or wood. The kingdom is people. Jesus came for people. And when I talk about building the kingdom and I'm talking about not being distracted and not coming down like Nehemiah, the story of Nehemiah said, I'm too busy. I, I can't come down. I'm doing a good work. That, that, what that's saying is our focus has to be in, in the things of God and, and about serving God. And, and when we serve God, we're going to serve people and we don't have time to get so bogged down in politics and we don't have time to get so bogged down in what's going on. In in the natural because we don't walk by what we can see. We walk by what we cannot see because what we can see is temporary but what we cannot see is eternal. That's the things that matter. The hearts of men and the lives of men that when you see a man or you see a woman, you don't even see what's going on on the outside but you see the soul of a man and when you see the soul of a man, you don't see the color of a man and when you see the soul of the man you don't care what side of the street they live on, or how much money they make. When you see the soul of a man, you see commonality because you two are just like them, but Jesus. And if you can have a but Jesus experience, then they can have a but Jesus experience too. And if God changed your life, then He is no respecter of persons and He can change yours. This is the gospel, and this is what we're supposed to be about as kingdom builders. He said, "I'm too busy. I, I, I can't. I, I don't have time." He, he had discernment. He knew, he knew these people meant him harm. He said, I, "I don't have time for that. It, it would be great if we would learn how to say to the things that don't matter. I don't have time for that. I, I don't have time for that." There's some things that we need to say. I just don't need to hear that. Huh? You know that one person that calls you and you know everything they say is going to have a negative slant to it? That after you've got through talking to them it feels like you've ran around this church 10 times. You're exhausted, you're give out. Can I tell you, you've got to limit your time with those kind of people. you got to limit your time with people who are focused only on what's going on on the news. Can I tell you, it would do some of you good to cut the news off, turn the world off, turn the world on, get your focus back on what matters. To learn, I don't have time for that. I believe it's so important in this season. We look Over this month, we have looked over our aligning values here at Remnant Church. I believe if we build the kingdom, we're going to be kingdom builders. Just like you would build a house or a commercial building. You've got to go by the specs. If you're going to build, you've got to go by the specifications set by the architect. And the architect, Jesus Christ, has set some specs for us to go by. Here at Remnant Church, we've got nine aligning values that we believe God has given us as specs to build His kingdom. So we're going to look at the last three this week. Here's the first spec. Serving is who we are, and it's what we do. We believe here at Remnant Church that saved people, serve people. Did you hear what I said this morning? Saved people serve people. This is what God's called you to do. Jesus said it himself in Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. The story goes like this. There's some disciples uh, who are, you know, caring about Jesus, talking about the kingdom and all these things that he says. Can, can we sit on... Can I sit on one side of you and my brother sit on the other side of you? Jesus begins to talk to them about how this thing works. That it's not about me being a lord over somebody or or and 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 see, he he would criticize people actually who, who sit at the high seats and, and those religious people who look down on other people and, and look down because they don't do exactly what they do. Jesus come to break that mold and say, listen, this is the kingdom. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He said, I didn't come. The Son of God, me, Jesus, I didn't come to be served and to be waited on, but to serve. How to serve? To give. What did He give? He gave His own life. He wasn't looking for people to serve Him, but He was coming with a purpose to serve others. And I believe that Jesus Christ is our greatest example of serving. Now let me just say this. When you go to serve people, serving people is messy. Okay, serving people is messy. The other day I was at uh, a restaurant here in town. And, uh, well, I'll tell you what. Well, I won't tell you what it was. because I don't know. I mean, I guess I could. It doesn't matter though. But anyway, I was sitting at this restaurant and I had ordered an appetizer and my friend had ordered an appetizer and we had ordered our food. And I looked down as I was through eating and I thought, my gosh. I have made a mess. I looked around; there was napkins all over the place. I had I had asked them for a thing of ranch. I knocked the ranch slap over, poured it out all over the table. Took some napkins, and you know how you do when you spill a drink or something—you just kind of damn it up, you know, where it don't get go any further. I thought, man, I have made a mess over here. But you know what? That waitress sit and say, "Y'all, y'all are a bunch of pigs." Now she was thinking that. She was thinking that because I seen her face. But you know what she done? She said, can I get that out of your way? And she went to clean up. She didn't say nothing about it. She wiped it down. She knew her job was to serve. I'm going to tell you, serving people is messy. You know know why serving, you would think, that's not a great thing. That's not a big thing, really, serving people. Oh, it is. Because serving requires something very costly.
0: It costs your time.
1: I tell people who say, "Pastor, I want you to, I, I want you to disciple me. I, 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 I want, I want you to mentor me." I think, and I tell them, I say, "Okay, well, listen, we can do that, but you've got to understand what I'm about to give you is more costly than any money I have." Because I'm fixing to give you my time. It's time away from my family. It's time away from home. And I'm telling you, that's what costs the most, is your time. Because you can make another dollar, but you can't make another minute. You see? You can't make another hour. You can't make another moment. And I'm telling you, and I'm I'm putting it out front, if you're serious about serving people, then you're going to be a person who invests time. But listen, I said invest time. Because in the kingdom, you don't spend. In the kingdom, you invest so when you're serving people you better know that God is I'm I'm preaching myself happy now I'm blessing myself because I'm reminding myself when you invest time God takes a record of every time every moment that you spend serving others he sees it and it is pleasing to God And you say, I'm going to serve people. How do you serve people? First of all, you have to put yourself to the side. you got to be willing to wash feet. you got to be willing to wipe tables. And let me tell you something, if serving is beneath you, then leadership isn't for you. If you can't get down on somebody's level, if you can't serve someone, If you can't get eye level or even lower, then you cannot lead anybody. I'm telling you today, the way of the kingdom is serving. Here, Listen, now, God doesn't condemn uh, aspirations or desires to be great. Now, I've heard some people say, you know, that God wants us to be poor and that He doesn't want us to have anything and and He wants us to really just suffer through life. And I, I don't believe that's God's desire for us. I believe there at times we do have to suffer. I do believe that. But I don't believe it's God's will for us to just suffer and lack and not have anything. I, and, and also, I, I think it's okay to strive to be great and to achieve greatness. But when your focus is on Christ, your idea of greatness changes. Your idea of greatness is not just uh, so I can have more money or I can have a big house. Your your idea of greatness is that God can use you in any ability and any skill that you may have that he has given you, that God can use you to make the biggest impact for the kingdom of God. That becomes your desire. Uh, you make You want to make more money, but you want to make more money so that you can give more. I want to have a real big house, but I want to have a real big house so that I can invite others to come and sit at my table. Do you understand what I'm saying? God doesn't, isn't against you being great, but He does condemn the way the world achieves greatness. It goes contrary. He says, I want you to serve. It's not dog-eat-dog world. In the kingdom of God, if you're going to be great, you got to be the least. you got to be willing to serve. In the kingdom of God, there are no celebrities. There are only servants. If you want to be used by God, God's not going to use you because you think you got it all together. Or because you think so many people look up to you. If you want to be used by God, you've got to realize those who are used by God are those who serve people. Here's number two. Aligning value. This is our uh, eighth aligning value. Radical generosity is our norm. We give with no strings attached. If you're a child of God, then your characteristic, your, your, your character is to be one who gives. You want to give. You, you, you give, it does. And when you think, when I talk about give, if all you're thinking is money, you got it wrong. If I, when I say give, or you hear a pastor say give, if you think just money, then you're going to have to check your heart. And if you just think money, then money's got a hold on you. Is this okay? If I said give this morning and the first thing you thought was money, Guess what? Money's got a hold on you. If you thought with that attitude, oh boy, here he goes. He's winding it down now. We're getting to them pledges now. That's all you thought about? Can I tell you something? Money's got a hold on you. Our whole life is to be a life giving. We give our time. We give our love. We give our trust to people who, who, who have burnt all the bridges with everybody else. They're just looking for somebody. Who they they don't want no money. They don't want anything else. They just want somebody to trust them one more time, to give them another chance. Do you hear what I'm saying? It ain't necessarily about giving money. It's about giving love. It's about giving time. It's about giving somebody another chance. It's about giving somebody grace. It's about loving somebody who doesn't feel loved. This is what God has called the church to do. To be a church of generosity. Not just ordinary generosity, but radical generosity. And our greatest example is Jesus. Jesus gave, listen, with no strings attached. What did He give? He gave His time. He gave His talent. He gave His treasure. He gave everything. He gave His life. He laid His life down on the cross.
0: Nobody took it from Him. He gave it freely. Not knowing if you would ever believe in Him. Think about that.
1: no, actually knowing some would not believe him. That some would not receive him. Yet he gave it anyway. Did you hear what I said? He knew that some would not believe him. Somebody told me the other day they were were whining because, and I've done this too, because they had been working with somebody and trying to disciple them and, and they just abandoned the mission. But didn't hear from them anymore. They had put all this time into them. And I said, you're going to have to start reading your Bible. Because the Bible talks about Paul. Paul, the greatest preacher uh, that I know and I know, you know that I read of, Paul. One day in Acts, it says that he preached. And the Bible said that. Some said, well, we'd like to hear you later. They procrastinated. The other group just made fun of him. And then he said, and some believed." You're going to have people that are going to put you off. They're going to laugh at you. They're not going to have time for you. The the Bible talks about the Word going forth. Four times it talks about the Word. One time the Word, it, it gets on bad soil. One time it's choked out by forms you, you know the story but one time just once it goes in it, it, it gets planted it terminates and it produces that's one out of four hear me somebody just because it doesn't go the way you thought it would go when you give you're not giving with stipulations that's the way of the world when you give you give with no strings attached Jesus knew that everybody would not be for Him and everybody would not believe Him. Although He died for everybody, He knew everybody wouldn't listen to what He was saying. They would not receive Him, but they would reject Him. But He gave anyway. Let me ask you this. Are you willing to serve people and then turn their back on you? Make it real practical. Are you willing to send somebody to rehab and you paid for it? They stay three days. Are you willing to trust somebody again who's lied to you multiple times? You say, I ain't got to trust nobody. God don't expect me to trust. Mm. Oh, really now? Paul said, the God kind of love is patient, gentle,
0: long-suffering. It trusts. Yeah, but they're going to do me wrong. They've done me wrong, and I know how they're going to. God said,
1: give them trust. I didn't say give, don't, not give them parameters. But you got to give them trust.
0: And that, ain't how, that ain't how it works. No, that's
1: not how the world works. But we're not building a world structure. We're building the kingdom. If we're going to be a place where people can walk in and not feel judged, if we're going to be a place to say we're a hospital for the hurting and the broken, then we got to be able to give with no strings attached. No matter how many times they've left and came back, no matter how many times they've turned their back on the Lord and then turned their back towards the Lord, it does not matter. We give, we serve, we invest with no strings attached. Radical generosity is our norm. And then here's number three, the last one. The last aligning value. We serve a big God. So we ask big. When Nehemiah, God told him, said, Nehemiah, I want you to do something about it. You, You know that your city is in ruins. I want you to do something about it. And you know, most people never get Past concern. They're just concerned. But they don't do anything about it. Nehemiah heard what was going on in the city and he was concerned. But then he said, God, what can I do about it? Lord, I want to do something. What is it I can do? You know what? Right now, I'm hearing a lot of concern." All quiet in here this morning.
0: Pastor, where are the people? Have you called them? Somebody asked me the other day, did I call? Have I called them? Have you checked on them? Or have you?
1: The answer is yes, I have actually. And it's pretty overwhelming to sit down with the names of 200 people on a piece of paper who are somewhere, and then you do call them and ask them, and then they act like you're an idiot. Because you say, hey, I've been missing you. Come into my world for just a moment. Hey, I've been missing you at church. Just checking on you. Hey, don't you know there's a pandemic? To that? Oh, I forgot. What are you talking about?
0: There is. You don't say nothing. There's nothing to say. That scares me. Do you care about people? Do you? Pastor, do you call people? you check on them? Yes, I, I do. Now, let me ask you this. Do you? Are you just concerned? Hmm? See, I see a lot of concern, but
1: not enough to follow through
0: and do something. And if we're going
1: to be about the kingdom, we can't just be concerned. We've got to figure something. Out what God wants us
0: to do.
1: You got a burden for something? Don't put your burden on me. If you got a burden to do something, God's called you to do it. I had heard somebody
0: the other day, Pastor. We need to we need to come and and have some prayer meetings. And pray for our nation. Fine. Go ahead. Get on your knees and don't get up. Until you pray through. But don't put your
1: burden on me. You want to pray for the nation? Pray for the nation. I'm busy praying for remnant church. I'm busy praying for 3205 Memorial Drive. I'm I'm busy about praying for our community. I'm busy about praying for the last person that just overdosed in that hotel down there by Applebee's. That's what I'm praying about. You pray about the nation. I got to pray about what's going on right here because God called me to be the pastor of this flock, to be the pastor of your family. I want to reach the world and I want to touch the world. But I can't be so cold and try to carry your burden, you see, until we get the pressure off the preacher doing everything and building the kingdom. That's what's wrong. Hold on just a second. That's what's wrong with this community. That's why your churches, there's two. Did you know how many churches are in Wake Forest? In Ware County? In Ware County, there are over 200
0: churches. And most of them run about ten people. It's even worse now. Why? Why are we so say we're kingdom and yet we're we're so divided? Lord, now this is going to be scary.
1: You're taking me somewhere and I don't know where I'm going now.
0: Help me, Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something. God is not calling
1: another building to be built. He's not calling anybody to build another building or start another church in this community. There are 200 and something churches in this community. It's time for us to come together. Do you hear me? If we're going to be serious about the kingdom of God, we got to tear down denominational walls. Let me me help you understand something. Why I make a big deal about Jesus. Why I don't make a big deal about gifts? Why I don't make a big deal about uh, denominations and about uh, denominational doctrine that divides us. Is because all that does is cause problems. All that does is keep people out of the door. But the Bible says if you preach Jesus, and let me, let me remind you, you say, well, pastor, you got to preach all that other stuff. Well, can I remind you that all the fullness of the Godhead dwells in Jesus? And if they receive Jesus and you preach Jesus, everything that we need, we're totally complete when we receive Jesus. So when we lift him up, he says he will draw all men nigh. God's not looking for another church to be built, but he's looking for the kingdom of people to say,
0: I'll build the kingdom. I'll serve people. I'll give
1: Radically. And I'll ask big. God has called us to ask big. We serve a big God, so we ask God for big things. Let me tell you something. If you're asking God, and I'm talking about building a king, if you're asking God for something that you can do on your own, it's not big enough. You need to ask God for something that you can't do on your own you don't have the the amount of money yet. those are god-sized prayers. God-sized vision is not to say, well, we just want to maintain we've, we've got as you know things are good here at Remnant Church, and we're just going to we're going to love each other and wait till we all go to heaven. We don't do anything else. We just try to maintain what we've got and who we have. We don't reach outside the four walls, friend. That's not God. Did you hear me? That's not God. If you're thinking, well, you know, the world is just so so bad out there now." now. I would like to say, where have you been? It's been bad in the world for a long time. You know, things. I'm just going to stay home. <laughs> you know, I'll pray and do my devotions, friend. That ain't very radical. That doesn't sound like God to me. But you're just going to stay home and do your devotions, and not tell anybody about Jesus. Do not go outside your house, and it's just your four and no more. That is not Christianity. That's some kind of American Christianity, but it is not. God, Christianity. Listen, it's not about the American dream. It's not even about
0: America. It's
1: about people. It's about lost people. It's about the fact that if somebody that doesn't know Jesus, I don't care if they know you, if they don't know Jesus, I don't care if they were raised in your house, if they don't know Jesus, I don't care if they go to church, but if they don't know Jesus, when they die, they'll spend the rest of their lives in hell. You say that's radical. The kingdom of God is radical. God is looking for you to be more than concerned but to say yes. Say yes to Him and what He wants to do in your life. Let me finish this last point. God has called us to ask big. We shouldn't just
0: ask big. We should ask When you pray, you need to pray specifically. When I pray, I put numbers on my prayer. I put dates and times on my prayer. You understand what I'm
1: saying? God, I need you to do this. We need this. And I'm specific because I'm expecting God to answer specifically. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? Not only are we supposed to ask big and ask specific, but I believe God wants us to ask
0: now. That's
1: my problem with waiting. I, I am no good at waiting.
0: <laughs> I am no good at waiting. Not
1: and what I mean by that, I'm no good at saying I'm going to wait till things straighten out. See, that seems to be the consensus among everybody
0: that I'm going to wait till whatever straightens out. But hell's not waiting.
1: The Bible said hell's enlarging itself daily. Hell's not waiting. Let me tell you, addiction's not waiting. Suicide's not waiting. Divorce is not waiting.
0: Yet the kingdom, God's people are saying, we need to wait.
1: We need to wait till If you get anything, get this tonight.
0: Today. We want to wait till things straighten out. And
1: I'm I'm submitting to you today, we don't have time to wait till things straighten out. In fact, I am not convinced that things will ever... I don't even know what you mean by that. I don't even get that. What does that mean when things straighten out? When things get better? what What does that mean? Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, I'll do more for God when this passes. That sounds better. You know when this thing ha- this too shall pass. Yeah, it will, but it was, I don't think it's going to pass on to better things. Not the world.
0: Do you do y'all do you do y'all think do you think that the world is going to get better? I'd
1: really like to know that the world is going to get better when the Bible tells us that the world, and when I say the world, I'm talking about not the kingdom of God. I'm talking about the systems of the world. You think those are going to get better? Because let me ask you, Let me tell you something. And you say, boy, this is a sad message. Well, it is if you're worldly. It is if you think that's what this is all about. Hear me. And you can message me later. It's, I'm not up for. It's not like a real question. Don't answer me right in the, in this set, in this setting. But you you can talk to me later. This world is not
0: going to get better, but the church can get stronger. And you know what
1: I like about the the world getting darker and the church getting brighter is that people are going to find the true church a lot easier because they're walking in utter darkness, wickedness, and Evil and there's a line being drawn, and it's so clearly you can see it now. People being snatched out of darkness into this marvelous light. There is no more mixing, and there is no more gray. It's black or it's white. I'm not. I'm not intimidated by the darkness. I'm not intimidated by this world. I'm not intimidated by pandemics. I'm not intimidated by the by the evilness and the wickedness and the corruptness of our government. Did you know they've always been corrupt? Did you know this nation has never? Uh, let me. Let me say this too this nation is not a Christian nation that blows my mind this this nation has never been a Christian nation God does not in this new covenant save
0: nations he saves people and the government has always been
1: wicked Every system, man's system of this world. Health care, corrupt. Government, corrupt. Denominations, corrupt.
0: Everything that is man-governed is flawed.
1: What I'm trying to get you to understand is our only hope is in Jesus. You say, you say, Pastor... Oh, pastor, that things are going to get bad for me. Let me tell you something. In this new covenant, God made you a personal promise. That means you can be in the middle of mess and still be walking in the miraculous. You think
0: God's promises are conditional on man's worldly systems?
1: Absolutely not. Ask the widow who had nothing, was fixing to make her last meal, and die like the rest of the people in her country because they were in the middle of a famine. But she had an encounter with a man of God. She had an encounter with God. And she had everything after she left, after they left, after he left, after this encounter of God, she had everything she would ever need for the rest of her life. What I'm trying to tell you is, even though no matter what's going on, no matter what we're faced with, we serve a big God. And if the economy tanks, we don't live in the worldly economy. We have a godly economy. It doesn't matter what's going on around us. It's who's in us. That's what counts. And greater is he who is in me than he that is in this world. What I'm saying to you is this. You serve a big God, so you've got to ask God big things. You can't wait for things to get back. I believe that God... Going to bless those
0: who step out. Hey, trust him. You aren't waiting in
1: conditions to ripen, to become better, but understands that God is who he said he was. He is. He is the I am that I am. He was the Savior. He is the Savior. He will be the Savior. He was the provider. He is the provider. He will be my provider. He was the God who answered prayer. He is the God who answers prayer. He will be the God who answers prayer. Do you hear me? He was my healer. He is my healer. He will be my healer. So we're going to ask God for big things. What is the big... Anybody... If you're saved in here, just raise your hand. I mean, like if you believe in Jesus, you're a believer. Let me tell you something. That's the biggest thing God could ever do. Anything you ask Him is under that. So He's already done the the hardest thing. He's done what nobody else could even begin to do. You have nowhere to turn, nowhere to look when you need Jesus. Only Jesus can get you what you need and help you. You understand what I'm saying? So if God has already saved you, there is nothing that you cannot ask God and He cannot do. Because He's already done the biggest thing, saved your soul. Stand with me all across the building. So, Pastor, what are you asking God to do? Musicians and singers, come. I'm asking, I'm asking God. To bless us in the middle of a famine, while the experts say that do you know what they do you care to know what the experts say now I don't know what makes them experts, but they are I've never knew i never have y'all ever seen that forensic stuff like there was one I was watching they were like forensic uh they forensic uh I don't know what you call it. They write on, they read what you write. And they can tell you whether you wrote it or not. I thought, come on, my God, I could do that. I told Holly, I said, I could be a forensic anything. Because usually they say, well, it could, and it, it might be. I'm thinking, man, I could do that. But anyway, well, I, I don't even know why I mentioned that. What are you asking God for? Oh, I know what I was at. I know what I'm talking about now. The experts say the church church experts at that, they're church experts, growth experts, something they they say that the church is meeting together. That's about just fade out. People don't, they just really don't need to meet. See, I have a problem with all that. And I know y'all don't want to hear it. Because you hear it a lot now, but it's still the truth. The Bible gives us a command in Hebrews to not forsake. Let me say it like this to not quit gathering. And I got caught up in this crap. It's crap. Where we don't have to meet together. We can meet online and stuff. Let me tell you something. Online is okay. And it might be for a season that you need to meet online. Now hear me. If you're going to get mad, get mad. Quote me right. If you need to meet online, for a season, is there. I, this is an outreach. It's not a substitute. And I'm fearful if we keep on downplaying gathering, that it's only going to affect us negatively. See, there's got to be something to it because I've talked to Lee, I've talked to people who. Risked their lives together. Together. Got caught gathering, beaten, thrown into jail, just for good measure, beaten again so that they'd be really good and bloody, and then sent back to their family to underground. Meet again. Gotta be something to it, right? Jesus said, or the writer of Hebrews said this. Don't quit gathering together, even though a bunch of people are gonna stop gathering. What does that sound like the right? Does that not sound like where we're at today? You say, Well, what was going on during that time? Persecution, spiritual persecution, economic persecution. They were scared to death. They were ready to give up and they were discouraged. And the writer said, don't you quit gathering together. Why? Because you need to be together to build each other up and to spur each other on to do good works. Spur us on. Not to sit back. See, that's the danger with not going forward, not gathering, not looking ahead. That's the danger. You
0: will fall back.
1: You will quit being a doer. You might read your devotion. Faith without works is dead. And God is calling us to be doers. So I'm asking Will you help us? pledge card right here this is how we're gonna end this service I've never done this before but this is what God wants us to do on the back of this it's got name address cell phone you can read I want to give it's got some amounts already made out then it's got a blank That's for a amount that you wanna give that's not already labeled there. And then it's got the frequency of when you are gonna give. And then it's got this perforated part where you can rip off and keep. That's what we want you to do with it so you'll know what your commitment is. And I'm asking you to do this. I know this doesn't seem like the right time. Everything Jesus done was at the wrong time, according to people. I know that we should wait till things straighten out. But I just feel in my spirit we don't have time to wait. And God has called us to build the kingdom. So what I'm asking you to do, we're going to pray. You're going to take this. They're going to sing in a minute. And you're going to fill it out. I've talked about it all month. What is God asking you, compelling you to give? This is above your tithe and offering. Fill it out and drop it in the box. And we're going to use this, these finances for expansion and for Hope House. Okay? To build the kingdom of God. Because while we're waiting, people are dying. I don't know else, I don't know any way else to put it. So Father, You've called us to build your kingdom. And now, this is not just being a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. And this isn't it. I mean, we don't just write a check and then think, well, we've done all we're going to do, you know. No, we're, we're to give of our time, talent, treasure. Our life is to be given to build the kingdom i'm asking you god right now to compel people to speak to people on what to give and we'll be good stewards of it we're going to be transparent with it and i'm asking you god to speak to people it, it may be a hundred dollars it may be ten it's not the amount god that you you're dealing with it's the sacrifice that Because my amount may be different than someone else's amount. God, you're looking at sacrifice. So Father, compel. Speak to your people, God. And I believe now is the time. The time to build is now. The time to step out in faith is now. We trust you, Father. I'm asking you for at least $6,000 to come in. Every month on pledges, at least, God, so that we can do what you've called us to do. God, I pray that you're going to bless, you don't have to, but I know that you will bless your people as they give. You will continue to provide more than enough seed for the sower. God, we give you praise for it all. In Jesus' name. And everybody said,